Hello, folks. Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Radamic Berto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today. Donde esta todo mis, mis compatriotas? Where are all my buddies? A lot of folks are not here yet. What, you guys getting a late start? Come on, guys. Let's get it on in. If you are here, please make yourself known. Drop me a line in the feed. Say hello. Como estas? Anyhow, let's get busy. Look, uh, I had a different program set out for today. I had an interview, a pretty long interview that I was going to play today. And then I'm sitting down, you know, as my daughter is doing some studying and I'm doing, looking at, uh, to see the different items that I'm going to cover today. What did I see? I, I decided to go and back scroll into the Jen Psaki White House press conference. And then I said, you know, the show is going to be about this press conference today because if we sit down and wonder too often, what's wrong with the American people? There's nothing wrong with the American people. It's all the, the crazy questions that are asked. It's all the questions that go unasked. I mean, we take a look at some of the stuff that you guys bring to the show. You look at some of the stuff that Rudnin has brought over the last few days. Hey, what's going on with Lake Mead? What's going on with Lake Powell? There are several million people that are dependent on the Colorado River flowing. Something is happening. We have turned a desert into a breadbasket that is dependent on the Colorado River. So we have a whole lot of people now that are complaining about us, raising the big issue of the environment and gas and everything else. And we have this catastrophe that is getting ready to occur. This catastrophe of our Colorado River that feeds a lot of our farms in our desert farms that give us our winter vegetables and all that good stuff. What's going to happen? We don't have anybody talking about that. By now, we should have been talking about desalination plants that are going to restock some of the, the, the farms that are going to be needed out there because of the great weather conditions, etc. None of that. We're just talking, fighting. And then it's going to be some crazy time people are going to realize oh at this point positive the river is no longer flowing enough to at a high enough elevation to send water to arizona to send water to the to the california valley and all these places right and then the food prices are going to skyrocket and people say how did this happen how did this happen when it could be mitigated if we concentrate on it now but the capitalists know what's going on and they're waiting they're waiting because they see what's going to happen. They see what's going to happen. You know? And I'm so sorry for boiling you up, Tom C. Welcome aboard, Tom C. Welcome aboard, Maywood. Welcome aboard, Bruce Pollard. And of course, we have our wonderful Bridge MCP. Bienvenida. And Michael Rudden is here already. Anybody else is here? Bruce Pollard said, okay, I'm going to read about Bruce. Bruce has an important sentence down there that I want to read. All right, folks that aren't here or aren't putting them making themselves known yet go ahead and drop me a line say hey i'm here recognize me because i am here okay let's start new york city covid cases spiked to over thirteen thousand today way up from baseline of 500 cases per day makes me wonder if we are at the start of another wave yes we are in a wave senor rodden there's a difference though there's a difference Deaths are still, even with this wave occurring, 
deaths are falling because most people have already built basal immunity. And not only that, but because, again, I don't want to get it. I still protect myself. My daughter protects me. Make, she makes sure I wear my mask, wipe, put some stuff on my hands every time I come in, all that good stuff. Follow the rules. Because, again, those that are immunosurprised, they'll, they'll have it a bit harder. But ultimately, most people are going to do just fine in the pandemic. Things can open up. I'll continue to wear my mask. Most people that I well, most people here in D.C. are wearing masks. I know back home they're not. I will be wearing my masks at home, uh, but uh, it's going to be better because uh, it's not. You know, Bill Gates came on TV yesterday and said his concern was that we have a false sense of security. That the new, even though more people are getting infected, the new ver, the new the new strain is less virulent. Hmm. Probably either that or we've just developed more immunity. I want to remind folks that the common cold is also a rhinovirus, or, or, or is it rhinovirus? I think it's called a rhinovirus. And uh, coronavirus, I'm sorry, coronavirus. And um, in that process, um, our bodies, while we have not gotten immune to the cold, the common cold of the various versions, it doesn't kill us because we can know how to kick it out of us in the different variants. And I... I have a hunch that our coronavirus uh, the, will, will become a part of that as well. So I, I think the initial real deadly push is over. So I think that's it, Rodney. So I don't think there's much fear there. All right, Alexander Sabatin, a seventh Russian oligarch to mysteriously die this year. I didn't hear that one. Any ideas of this? Is a culling of dissent or the first signs of a people's uprising? Yo no sé. Whichever one, they're not... Good. Senator Bob Casey, anti-abortion Democrat, backs bill to codify abortion rights despite Casey's support. The legislation lacks the 60 votes to defeat it, and I don't think Manchin supports it either. Eliminating abortion rights, contraception rights, privacy rights are widely unpopular with the people, and perhaps more than any other single issue, including January 6th, Republicans are going to feel it on Election Day. I agree with that 100%. All right, ABQ says he's watching from Twitch. Uh, let's see, uh, Bridge says, hi everyone, no notification on FB, oh, I don't know what's happening, sometimes, maybe they're trying to not give us that because we're given too much truth, Bridge. Uh, Michael says, our house is truly on fire, Earth now has 50% chance of hitting 1.5 degrees of warming by 2026, we are getting measurably closer to temporarily reaching that, the lower target of the Paris Agreement, Kateri Talas, the Secretary General of the World Metropolitan Organization said in a statement Monday, 1.5 degrees Celsius figure is not some random statistic. It's rather an indicator of the point at which climate impacts will become increasingly harmful. It already is, of course, we know that. And alongside that, our oceans will continue to become warmer and more acidic. It becomes acidic because you get carbonic acid from the carbon dioxide going into the water. We got to watch that. It, it, it kind of bleaches the coral, killing them. And also, there, there's this stuff called the, the dead spot, the hypoxic spots in the ocean as well. Arctic uh, warming is disproportionately high, and what happens in Arctic affects us all. Absolutely so. All right, Michael Rodney says, I don't reply on FB notification for my visits. Bridge MCP, when you don't get FB notification and then find it, the video is displayed differently. The comments are upside down. <clears throat> Didn't know that. See, I learn from you guys all the time. Bruce says, such a struggle with the right to life. I understand. It's amazing, isn't it? Care about the fetus, but don't care about the rest of the people on the planet, right? Right, Bruce? All right. Maywood says, hello, everyone. Hello, May. Tom says, hey, Texas, 
Stop sending your global boiling heat wave up to Michigan. Too early for 80 degrees plus weather. You guys have 80 degrees in in, in uh, Michigan already? Tom C., sorry. I, I apologize for... I'm an, I'm an imported Texan. I apologize, sir. Bruce Pollard says, The Romans had to solve the problem years ago in Europe. Uh, you may have to enlighten me on that, Bruce. You know, I don't know too much Roman history. I am an engineer, not sort of a scholar on those on his, those historical or literature things of the Western world. Well, of any world, actually. I'm just a politician, or rather, just a political activist and an engineer. I just like math. All right. Bridge MCP says, in my wee town, school will be remote learning for the rest of this week due to the rise in COVID in the school. Roberto Luis, mi hermano, dice, saludos, politics done right. I want everybody to salute Roberto because on driving back from, uh, from, from D.C. to Houston with my baby's car, Roberto said he's going to do it. So the two of us are going to be on a journey on that, probably on a Monday and a Tuesday, from uh, the car. So we may just have to do politics done right from a phone in the car as we navigate from D.C. to Houston. We'll see if we can pass through Atlanta. And if we pass through Atlanta, I know I have uh, to visit Yvette Avery Herod as well as, uh, wait a minute. My brother is in, uh, in, um, in, in Atlanta too. Uh, who else was in Atlanta? Oh, the, who always checks in from ATL? Uh, don't we, is he, is he not here today? Is he not here today? How dare he not be here today? Let's find him. Let's find Mr. ATL. Where is Mr. ATL? I don't see him. Okay, he's not here yet. It's not here. Yes, it's going to be fun is what Roberto says. Anyway, Paul Fleming, where are you, Paul? You, we, we want to see you, Paul. You know, uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, who else is here? Peggy Lopez is here with us. She says, seasonal flu virus may be a direct descendant of the 1918 Spanish flu based on the analysis of samples collected in Europe during the 1918 from researchers in Berlin. You see, when I tell you I got me my smart peeps, think about that. That is what's occurring uh, so we think that may happen to this virus as well. All right, let's let's continue. Uh, let's see. Peggy Lopez says, I'm here and, and hi all. Uh, Michael Rodney says, study. Lake Powell may not generate hydropower in 2023 due to drought, major blackouts, and water shortages coming to the American Southwest next year. Global warming isn't a problem from the distinct future for the distinct future. But it's deeper than that, right, Michael? Because that is sort of a, another part of our bread basket, well, you know, vegetable basket, right? out there and cattle basket and they use all that water to do all of that so let me see it's it which is the one by las vegas i think it's lake mead right so it's lake mead that's below and i think lake powell is on top of lake mead correct me if i'm wrong uh Redden, you know it better than i do bridge mcp says glad i got second booster last week i got my second booster ashley got her second booster hey bruce did you get your second booster bruce says this virus is culling the herd Providing we don't get a bad variant, we are now at the point where people can make their own choices. Vaccine, lower risk, no vaccine, higher risk, right. And I still wear my mask. Bruce, I imagine you're still wearing your mask in Houston, right? Uh, or am I going to look weird in Houston? I don't care, but I, you know, because I'm going to wear mine. Uh, Maywood says, yes, I'm, I'm fully vaccinated. Still need the second booster. Go get it. Go get it, Maywood. Please do. 
Michael Brennan says, Egberto, catching a common cold and then catching coronavirus worsens the COVID case. Study immune distraction from previous colds leads to worse COVID infections. Great. Uh, seasonal flu from Peggy Lopez. Seasonal flu virus, maybe I read that one. Melanie, Melanie Keelan is here. Welcome, Melanie. How are you doing, my friend? She says, good evening. Bruce Pollard said 100 degrees in Texas today? Already? Oh, my God. That is sort of like uh, terrible, terrible. Oh, I don't want you restarting, computer. Not now. I computer just updated, and one of the three computers that you know we need to keep the program going was about to reboot. You know what that would have meant? All right, started. All right, continuing. Bruce says, the Roman aqueduct system. Ah, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, actually, that was one of the first work, and it works completely on gravity. Very slight incline between valleys. And you just see that very slight incline. The reason I know about that is not history, Bruce, is because of engineering. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Peggy Lopez, 139-million-year-old fossil of a 13-feet pregnant Ikitosaurus with several babies in her belly is unhurt in Chile. GOP will have to arrest her for dying while pregnant. <laughs> Peggy, that was funny. I like it, though. That was funny. Uh, they built aqueducts to supply water, clean water to their town, cities, and settlements. Thank you, Maywood. Michael Renner says, uh, was, that's the Bruce. Uh, let's see. Egg. Roberto said, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun because let me tell you, if you ever go anywhere, Roberto and I have been all over. We've been to Mexico together. We've been all over the country together. And he's a salsero like no other. And he's going to have that playlist ready to go. El Señor Salsero having some Oscar de Leon con su salsa mayor. So we are going to have fun driving that long distance back to, to Houston. All right, let's see what else we got here. ATL checking in. Hey, your ears should be burning, Paul Fleming. We were just talking about you. In fact, I got a brain freeze. I said, where's my guy from Atlanta? I couldn't remember the name Paul. Welcome here, Paul. Uh, Peggy Lopez, just short 1,500-mile side trip to visit California. Just... You know what? When I come to California, you know, let me tell you what my plans are, guys. You know, I am going to put up probably in a couple years, maybe a, a year or two. And this is my dream. I don't I, I'm saying I'm going to put it up. I think I think I want what I want to do is get a GoFundMe. I want to get a small, well-equipped van with the satellite transmitter, with the, the thing in the back for processing the videos where I have all, all the stuff and go around the country. Right. And I don't mean just to like New York or San Diego or L.A. I mean Tinbok to Nebraska and all that kind of stuff. And just go in there, go into a restaurant and have a seat and talk to people. And ask them permission to video and, and talk about doing going, going through America and saying, hey, we can do better than we're doing. Starting one person at a time. And I'm talking about driving into Red America. People say, oh, wait, what about the militia and all of them? Well, you know, I'll do it. I'll do it safely, of course. But the idea is to build a good politics done right van and go driving around the country and just talking to people and showing that actually it works. You know, somebody who's not scared to go ahead and first humble themselves to folk, even though they don't have to, and then have that conversation. That is my dream. Get into a van and drive all over America all over america and when i say all over i mean all over 
Okay, Bruce is double boosted. Thank you, Bruce. I'm, I'm happy. E2247 is in the house, he says. Hello, relatives. What do you think of the Esper book and his alleged fights with the former guy? It would be great if these guys had come out earlier, right, and said, well, Trump wanted to bomb Mexico. Trump wanted to shoot the Black Lives Matter people in their, in their legs. He wanted to send 250,000 troops to the border. Nutcase, why didn't we hear that before? You know, anyway. Bridge MCP says, Egberto, FB notification just popped up. Click it and screen is normal. Thank you. Carl Cox says, flu is a virus that continues to mutate, evolves equal evolution. Religious fanatics refuse to believe science. No, I think, well, yeah, you're right. Michael Rennie says, you'll pardon me having a bit of a casino laugh at this one. Second set of human remains found in receding Lake Meadwater. I found, I saw that. Actually, Ashley told me like, hey, dad, did you hear about that? And I said, yes, I did. The shrinking reservoir in Las Vegas gave up its second discovery just weeks after a barrel was found containing a dead man's body. I saw that on TV. Hey, um, Rennie, you didn't answer my question though. Where, which one comes, which one is further north? or northwest is it powell or lake mead i think lake powell feeds lake mead is that correct paul fleming senior you didn't get a facebook notification Sorry about that melissa e noble says three fires in southern arizona near patagonia southern colorado near trinidad and the four corners at las vegas heavy drought area hey melissa noble thank you for that 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 you gave me a name of a guy that's going to be going around the country cooking I, and, you know, I, I, I sent him an email last night telling him about my expectations to get a van and drive around the country, not cooking like he is, but talking. So, I mean, that's kind of interesting. And, and, and documenting that as I go and showing people what goes on. So anyway, I, I asked him for an interview. We'll see if we get an interview. Okay, uh, Melissa said Roe versus Wade send all those Republicans and Supreme Court justices for wire hangers. Paint the hook red, Supreme Court of the United States, First Street. No. Ah, I like that, Melissa. Me gusta eso. That's a good idea. Bridge MCP says, Mr. Either and Paul Sr. Remember, I am eight. Peggy Lopez says, remember, I'm 80, so you will have to work quickly on getting that van. I'm looking forward to somehow meeting you at Starbucks and having a cup of coffee. I can't wait to meet you either, Peggy, and I don't care if you're 80. Uh, you are my, my mom is 85 or something like that. She's still trucking, and I imagine just listening and watching to you are trucking yourself. So it's going to be great seeing you. You, you, you. you've been with the movement a long time, young lady. Okay, we have E224 said Aztec aqueducts in Tenochtitlan uh, before 1519 Spanish invasion worked great. I don't remember if I read about that one, I don't think I did. So I just learned something from E2247. Maywood says, yeah, drive around like Charles Corralt. Yeah, do you remember Charles used to do that with CBS in the morning? Uh, but I want to do it sort of like map it out that I'll be on the road, let's say, probably three months at a time. Three months, come home, three months, come home, something like that. Uh, Alistair Water says, sorry I'm late. Alistair, you're forgiven. I heard you guys are burning up in Texas, and I'm going to be there pretty soon. Can't, I can't wait. All right, let's see what else we got here. Maywood says, he was shot. Whoa. All right. Melanie Keelan said, done it. Alistair, maybe they'll find Hoffa. I don't know where Hoffa is. June Littler, welcome to Politics Done Right and actually talking to us. And notice, June, I, 
I said your name correctly. You don't have to, dr to come to D.C. or Texas to slap me around. I got your name right this time. Thank you. So June Littler was at our um, Ask Egberto Anything. It was fun. And I wanted to take some little excerpts out of it. I'm just so damn busy I wasn't able to do it yet. But you guys, as usual, are like the best. You guys are just great. Paul Fleming. Hey, Paul, why don't you come to some of our Ask Egberto Anything? I know you have a lot to contribute, brother. Carl Cox says, GOP has no problem with nuns who get pregnant when raped by priests. Oh, who said that, Carl? Carl, you are so mean, Carl. Paul Fleming says, you don't hear from these Republicans because they want to keep a paycheck and they all want to write books. Yes. Uh, Melissa says, yes, Dennis Starks, here's, uh, he's here in Houston. Yeah, um, if you speak to him or you go to one of his stuff, check, tell him that um, to answer my email. I don't think I received an email answer yet. Eric Hayes is in the house. Starbucks, T. Gray are against the encouragement of having union. Oops, administration. You know, that's what I said. Starbucks has changed. Uh, Starbucks, look, the, the, you know, I want unions, whether a company treats a, uh, a, a, whether a corporation treats its current employees great or not, I want unions. And here's why. You could have a great, you could have a great corporate leader right now. And when they go into their boardrooms to adjust their books, they decide that they want to cut this and cut that and cut the other. No, let's clarify this stuff. Unions all the way. June Littler says, hooray, Egberto can finally speak English. <laughs> I, I added that part. She just said hooray. Maywood said, the guy that was in the barrel in Lake Mead, I don't know who he was. Carl Cox says, yes, nuns interviewed said it happened to them and others. Uh, Eric says, so I guess Biden has had the most paychecks in Congress over 47 years worth, probably. But you know what? So what? I don't know. Does, does it matter? All right, folks, let me set this up. Uh, today, I had a different program. I had uh, uh, Andy Schmuckler was going to be our guest. Your guys are going to love this guy. I am going to start having probably a weekly or bi-weekly interview with this young man. Actually, he's not a young man. He's a little bit older than I am. And uh, But he's going to, um, I, I like the way he thinks. And we're going to probably have a six-part series or something like that. I spoke to him about it. I owe him like 10 emails. I'll get back to you, brother. But anyhow, but anyhow, I went, I, I started watching the Jen Psaki interview at the White House. And I'm like, my God, what's wrong with these reporters? Why aren't they asking about not what is immediately in front of you, but what most Americans aren't seeing? Americans need to know that Lake Powell is almost running dry and that because Lake Powell is running dry, if we don't spend some money right now, not only to reduce corp I mean, pollution because that won't solve things immediately, but to start building stuff. We need desalination plants. We need canals. We need to have major infrastructure projects to change America to what the new reality is going to be until we mitigate the carbon problem. What is that going to entail? That's going to entail desalination plants on the coast. That's going to entail bringing wet weather from some parts of the country into drier parts of the country, which means we need a network of canals and tubings. Big job creators, 
and modifying and, and doing it in an environmentally safe manner where we can build canals, build canals, where it's not environmental safe to build canals because it will change the dynamics, build pipelines, water pipelines, that is. There's a lot that we need to invest in, right? And we can do it, right? Because the available workforce is there. They're at the border. They want work. And we want to make our country in such a manner that we can sustain anybody. But what are these clowns asking her? Silly, silly questions, right? That's all they ask, silly questions. So the, the, the first one that, uh, that really got to me was, uh, I, I want you to listen to, uh, to the issue. Since we, we started talking about COVID, I'm going to bring you the, the, the part on COVID. And where the reporter is asking her, hey, what are your plans for COVID since you can't get it passed? And then I'm going to give a little narrative after that. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. With the COVID funding now separated from the Ukraine funding, what is the path for the COVID funds to pass? And, and also, should Americans start preparing for shortages of tests or vaccines or treatments this fall? Uh, well, on the second part of your question, I think we don't want to sugarcoat it, <laughs> that we need more money. Um, we don't have a plan B here. Uh, we will use the few funds we have remaining to continue getting tests, treatments, and vaccines out to Americans for as long as we can. And we're going to continue to work the phones, hold briefings, and make our case publicly and privately with lawmakers, imploring Congress to act immediately after our long, after uh, uh, to help us on our long overdue COVID needs. I will say that we are having conversations at a bipartisan level on, with uh, by. Uh, bicameral um, about what the impact will be, which the president said in a statement yesterday, more Americans will die needlessly. And why? Uh, because we're going to exhaust our treatment supply. We'll lose to, out to other countries on promising new treatments. We'll lose our place in line for America to order new COVID vaccines. We'll be unable to maintain our supply of COVID tests. And our effort to get help lower-income countries get COVID vaccines into arms will stall, which is especially relevant given the, uh, the international summit we're hosting. So uh, we, we will uh, use the remaining funds we have to kind of spread it as we can, but we need more money in order to continue to effectively run uh, the programs we've been running uh, to date. Here is my concern with questions like that. I, it, look, it needs to be asked, uh, do you have any alternative plans? Yes or no, right? But the problem that I see is when we watch the Sunday programs, these same reporters, none of them go ahead and badger the people who are being obstructionists. Why aren't you, why are you supporting a policy that kills Americans is what every Republican that should, should hear when he went on TV on Sunday. But none of that. They never ask the question about why aren't you doing what is necessary to appropriate the money to make sure that if the pandemic flares up, we don't have to go looking for PPEs. We have vaccines in the queue. Why aren't you supporting being proactive with the, with, with the budget, etc.? Why aren't you fulfilling your duty? Right? You don't see them asking those tough questions to the people who make the decisions as far as letting go the money, but they're ready to ask Jen Psaki, what is he going to do? Well, you know, reporters, do your job. Maybe if you tell the American people that their lives will be in jeopardy because those red state Republicans that they sent to Congress failed to pass the money necessary to, 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 to make you safe, they will be forced to do it because guess what? Their constituents says we are going to vote you out of office if you don't. 
but it's deeper. Ukraine, they asked, the president asked for $33 million for Ukraine. $33 billion for Ukraine. And you know what? By the time it was all over, Ukraine didn't get $33 billion. They got $40 billion. We have students that are asking for a break. We have mothers and fathers that are saying, give us some relief, please, so that I can get a job self-sustaining. Just help us find a way to get our kids care. Please stop doing what you're allowing corporations to do. Buy up homes at mass in communities and then rent them out so that other and, and get the prices way up so that others then cannot ever build equity. Those are the questions. But will they do it? Will they ask it? No. They ask the rather silly questions, right? Now, there is another part as well. You know, student loans. We know students are in debt. We also know that inflation is, can be categorized in many different manners, right? In other words, if I have to have a price increase, but I, I have a salary that I can buy something, or I have zero money, and you give me some welfare to go buy something. In a recessed economy, I don't have a job. Society provides me food stamps. Society provides me some sort of a stipend. And then I go spend it. Who always wins? The corporation, right? They always win. Because the government would be giving some people money so that they can at least eat, right? And the corporations still make money. Or you can allow the person to have a job by investing some into their kids so they have a place to stay but they don't think like that, right? They only think about one way and one way only. Keep prices low for the corporations all the time. And if there's a slight hint of an increase, guess what we do? We jack the prices up. But anyhow, this guy had the nerve to ask about student loans and inflation. Check out the response. Inflation. Is he concerned at all that widespread loan forgiveness would actually uh, increase inflation further exacerbated by pumping money into the economy? I, I know some economists, and I don't have an official assessment from here, but I, I would say that Jared Bernstein, who is one of our economists, has spoken to this. And um, he's talked about more about the impact of uh, pausing federal loan repayments and the fact that in his view, and, and you can quote him directly, would be something like 0.001%, uh, which in his view, the impact of that, uh, the impact of giving people relief who need relief, who are stressed and can't repay these loans right now as they're having higher costs in other areas outweighs that impact. Um, but again, uh, I don't have a projection here on, 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 on specifically what the inflationary impact would be. We spend a lot of time. Right. We don't know what the inflationary impact is going to be. But my question is, so what if it's 0.1%, 0.2% because there's more money to be spent, right? It, it doesn't only help the student who gets the break. It helps everybody who gets a more vibrant economy because instead of all that money going to a central bank, a few bankers who then invest it in things that don't help society, that money goes straight into society. Economics 101.
straight into society. And that we have a hard time expressing this to our counterparts, to our neoliberal Democrats and to Republicans. It is ultimately pathetic on our part that we have a hard time explaining it or willful ignorance on their part. My brother says, hey, schools need to reduce their costs. Hey, I don't have a problem with talking about schools reducing their costs at all. But what I have a problem with is the major culprit. Corporations not paying taxes and kids having to take loans out to supplement. In other words, we are subsidizing shareholders on both ends, on paying back our loans, and we are subsidizing shareholders also on, what again? On get it, paying for our college and having the intellect to go work for them. Understand that, folks. Understand that. Before I go to the other one, let me see what else we have here in the queue. Let's see. Bridge MCP says, love Jen Psaki. I love Jen Psaki. And, uh, you know, her replacement, uh, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, uh, she did it a couple of times, and she's good as well. Uh, she wrote a book recently, and her publicist sent the stuff to interview her. And believe it or not, at that point, my interview schedule was full, and I kind of dilly-dally. By then, she had been working with the administration, and you know you're not going to get her now. But she wrote a book. I was supposed to have that interview. But she's a very smart, uh, smart woman, and she's going to come up to speed very, very fast. I think she's going to be a bit more reserved than Jen Psaki. And, you know, you know why. She's going to have to be a little bit more reserved than Jen Psaki. All right, don't have long. Better get, get it fast. Eric Hayes, okay. Carl Cox says, desalination plants needed all over the world to help supply water for irrigation and other needs. I agree. Eric says, bye, Saki. Have a nice time at MSNBC. I'll be watching her at MSNBC because now she can she can really unleash her inner coy. And I can't wait for I, I You know, I just think she's a witty young woman, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I just think she's a witty young woman. And I, I, I just love to see when people just go out and say to hell with it, I am going to be me. And she comes across as that type of person. We'll see. All right, Democratic Party had 50 years to write Roe versus Wade into law with Carter, Clinton, Obama, each in full control of the White House. And in, I mean, Democrats are too often are wusses, okay? They always sit down and think, what are the Republicans going to say if we try to push this stuff through? What are they going to do if we try to push this stuff through? Well, no, you don't care, you do it. When they, when, when they didn't have their Supreme Court guy, they pushed it through. They said, to hell with it. This is what we want. And this is what it's going to be. That's what we have to learn to do, progressives. So listen to E2247 there now. All right, let's see what else we got here. Paul Fleming says, Trump gave the money to the billionaires. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Uh, let's see what else we got. The longer the game of political theater continues, the worse things will get, according to... Uh, brother E2247, airy promises politicians make include the announcement by candidate Obama that the first thing he would do in office is the Freedom of Choice Act. No, the first thing he did in office was, I think, was supposed to be the Lead Better Act to, for women, right? I think. And he did it. But I have a lot of other problems with Obama that, ha that the least have... My problem is that Obama, uh, I think, could have bent the neoliberal arc of America a little bit less or more to the left. In other words, take away its neoliberalism. I don't think he did as much as he actually could. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Carl Cox says, right on Twitch, E2247, political stagnation and economic misery breeds 
rage, despair, and cynicism. It gives rise to demagogues, charlatans, and con artists. You're so right. Paul Fleming says, your Republicans listeners don't think this country don't have enough money to the people who supply the billions to give the other countries, not understanding that the money belongs to us first. It's amazing, isn't it? But you know what else also, Paul? Do you notice that you don't hear a lot of complaints when we have to sign, when we give money to, let's say, Ukraine? And it's not that we're giving money to Ukraine. The real thing is that the defense industrial complex, that $33 billion isn't going to Ukraine. It's going mostly to the defense industrial complex to build the bombs, to build the cruise missiles, to build the torpedoes that's going to knock a few more of the Russian ships under the sea. Watch Russia come to the table because they have to make the choice. Are we going to use a dirty bomb, real dirty bomb? Are we going to use a nuclear, uh, a theater nuclear weapon? I don't think so. Ouch, we better find a way to get out of here. All right, let's see what else we got. Uh, corporate, corporations are supporting both parties. Corporations are setting the prices, keeping us inflationary times. Peggy Lopez, estás exactamente correcta. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But let's qualify which Democrats. Neoliberals. We're not talking the AOCs. We're not talking the Elon, uh, Elon Omar or those folks. They're real progressives. They are real progressives. Okay. Oops, it's that time. I forgot. Let me go ahead and ask you guys, those of you that are listening, please consider becoming a part of the Politics Done Right domain. I'm Here we Beto go. Willis, as host of Politics Done Right, a progressive radio media show on Pacifica Networks, KPFT 90.1 FM Houston, that engages all ideologies, I found that our political angst isn't mostly ideological. There is a well-designed effort by many in power to control us. If we are at each other's throats, we are less likely to demand our economic and local wishes. In that light, I wrote three books. I wrote the first one titled, As I See It, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom to Describe the Entire Economy in a Manner We Can All Understand. It highlights why it was designed to pill for most as it empowers a few, the chosen. The second book, titled, It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors, Take It to the Next Level. After understanding how the system pilfers, it is incumbent that we can speak to our peers to empower a change. The third book, How to Make America Utopia, Take Away the Economy from Those Who Rigged It, gives us a place to land. After learning about our economy that is dysfunctional for most and learning how to engage the other side, we point out what would make an economy that works for all. Each book stands on its own, but together they provide the full picture. Please consider getting one or more. You will undoubtedly learn, be entertained, and help us continue the mission with our blogs, articles, videos, and books. I'm Egberto Willis. Hey, Bridge, thank you for reminding me. You know, I get into these monologues and talking to you guys, and I forget, hey, somehow I need to get this stuff supported, guys. Please support us. Please support us. Folks, you can get the books at the link, politicsunright.com slash books, politicsandright.com slash books. You can also uh, support us by going to uh, by by going to our PayPal. That's politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. Politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. Uh, an alternative place to support us is via politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can always give us a super chat as well on Facebook, on YouTube, uh, just go ahead and say, yeah, we want to support this dude. Super chat him. But yeah, we need all the support we can get to continue putting this message out. 
The sales of my books are not even close. We only make pennies on the books. You can go to see what, what, how much um, Amazon actually gives you for per book based on the amount of pages we have. So we need all the support we can get. PayPal, Patreon, and YouTube. If you click on that thing, support us. Give us a little a coffee or so a month uh, at YouTube. That will be like, hey, cool. And then you can get some of our T-shirts, our cups, some designed by you. Bridge MCP designed a couple of our, uh, one of our cups. Politicsandright.com slash store. Politicsandright.com slash store. I can't do this uh, without you. This is a passion to do right, to do good. A passion. Uh, Bridge just gave me the cup to put on the screen. She didn't quite say it. She just put the link, right? But let me tell you guys a little bit about Sister... Uh, sister... MCP, man. Uh, when Bridge put something on the screen like that, she made, hey, dude, you need to put that damn thing on the screen. And I need to find, remember how to do it. Hey, dude, you need to put that thing on the screen. So what I'm going to do, young lady, is I am about to figure out how to put it on the screen again because I, I don't think I prepared the screen initially, but there it is. And I think you can see it on the screen. Now, there is the cup. That cup was designed by Bridge MCP. And, it, and the intent of that cup was to show that we want to engage with everybody. That's why we have our, our right-wingers, our conservatives, our liberals, our anarchists, our socialists, our communists, everybody here. Because we're one country. And her cup, she designed that cup. And I think that cup did a great thing in saying, we are all in this together. So thank you, British MCP, for that design. And for and now we sell it on uh, as one of the uh, as one of the ways to support the show. Get yourself one of our cups. And how do you get the cups? You know, British is probably saying right now, Egberto, how are you going to tell the people about the damn cup and don't tell them how to get the cup? Well, I'm buying time as I look it up. Here we go. There is the cup. That's the link to go ahead and get the cup, folks. There you go. If it doesn't work, let me know. But I think it works. All right, let's continue with the show. I think I did enough asking, so I need to go ahead and continue with your question before we have two more things to play for you. All right, uh, where did I drop off? Where did I drop off? Welcome aboard, El Dwububu. No, El, El Dwidubu. El Dwidubu, welcome aboard. I, think, I don't think I've seen you here before, but, but thank you so kindly for being here. Uh, who else have we got? We've got... It says, it's willful ignorance. Remember the words. Nothing fundamentally is going to change. That's what Biden said. Uh, well, you know, he said that, right? I remember. But here's the thing. Uh, here's the thing. I didn't expect the stimulus package to be as strong as it was and do what it did. He went progressive on that. And on Build Back Better... He also went progressive. Let, let's 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 call. Let's even though we all know that that brother Biden is a neoliberal. Let's give him the kudos that the 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 progressive won that particular argument, and he is still trying. Seems like to me, to get a lot of elements out of what uh, Ilan Omar and and OAC are trying for. Hell, fact. Ilan Omar flew with him to Michigan. You know, he's not trying to hide from the progressives. 
You know, uh, he's not progressive. Don't get me wrong. He's not. But he's not trying to hide from them the way other presidents have before. You know, Clinton would always keep folks at a distance. Obama would always keep folks at a distance. I think Biden is a little bit, and maybe it's because he's so old and it's like, I don't give a flying you know what, because he doesn't really mind. He's not, again, he's not a progressive, but he's doing progressive things. I, I, some progressive things, I should say. Michael Rodney says, you have a great memory. The Lilly Ledbetter Fair Act of 2009 is a federal statute in the United States that was the first bill signed into law by U.S. President Barack Obama on January 29, 2009. Yeah, I remembered it because it's not that I have a good memory. They always say when something jars you, it's when you remember. So my memory is no different than anybody else's memory. What happened, though, is that in those days, that was a hell of a way to start your administration, telling women, I am here for you. You were an aggrieved class, and we're going to make sure. And the first thing, I that is very symbolic. And I think it's something that we needed to have done decades before, right? All right, British MCP says your chat. Oh, that's, that was the thing that I saw earlier. All right, let's see what else we got. It, uh, Eric says, only way Russia stops is if Putin is permanently stopped. Well, Trump likes Putin, so, and his people, you know, you know how that goes, guy. All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Michael Ryan says, Egberto, nice impression. <laughs> thank you, brother. Thank you, thank you. Eric Hayes says, this is a catchy sister MCP. That is catchy sister MCP. Oh, you're right. It actually sounds like I'm a sort of like a rapper, eh? Hey, you see, uh, Bridge MCP, Eric is now going to call you Sister MCP. Sister MCP, is it? Okay, let me let me hear you guys. Everybody, you know what I want you guys to do? Send me a little video. Uh, let's see if you guys are going to do it for real. To info at politicsdoneright.com. Since uh, Bridge always does, a, she helps out the show a lot. Go ahead and say, hey, Sister MCP, leader of the PDR posse, or say something like that. Who's who's going to be good enough to give me a video like that? If you if anybody who does a video like that, I'm going to play it on the show. Sister MCP, or not Sister MCP, Sister MCP. Let's kind of get a little hip, see if we get some youngsters in here. All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Michael says about Biden's statement, even the, oh, oh wait a minute. Well, stop it. Stop it. You know why I love you, Michael Rudnan? We think alike, Michael Rudnan, because I have a special play for you, Mr. Rudnan. Let's go this way. One, remember what I said about reporters. They go to the White House and they ask the most silly questions, questions that they generally don't ask the other side. They never say, why are you calling them snowflakes, Republicans? Why are you being so hard on progressives? Why do you tease them so? They never do that. But the president decided to create a new name for the extremists in this country. He knows he calls them the ultra MAGA. And two reporters, not one, two reporters made that central to their questioning. And I want you to see how our beautiful red-headed Jen Psaki dispatched it like only Jen Psaki could. 
question on messaging. Who came up with this phrase ultra MAGA? Uh, why the need to, to kick it up a notch? Well, MAGA wasn't enough? I mean, why now use this phrase? I will tell you is the, is the president's phrase, and the president uh, made those comments himself um, just last week, as you know. And I think what has struck him is how extreme some of the policies and proposals are that a certain wing of the Republican Party that is taking up too much of the Republican Party are are for and are advocating for. And you've you've heard the president talk about this. It's but it's not just obviously uh, putting at risk a woman's right to make choices about her own health care. It is. Also also, as you heard him talk about this morning, Rick Scott's extreme plan that will raise taxes on 75 million Americans making less than $100,000 a year. Uh, it is Rick Scott's plan to get rid of, eliminate, that's what sunset means, get rid of, uh, Medicare and Social Security, something people over 70 in this country rely on. And it's also the obsession with culture wars and wars against Mickey Mouse and banning books. The president thinks that's extreme. That is not what the American people care about or what they want. And so to him, adding a little ultra to it, give it a little extra pop. Go ahead. So then who is an ultra-mega Republican? I would say people who support that portion of the Republican agenda. So Rob Portman, Susan Collins, Mitt Romney, would they be ultra-mega Republicans? They can all make their own choices, uh, Ed, and I can we can let others evaluate that. But I would say that the president's view is those who support a plan by Rick Scott, by Chairman Scott, that would raise taxes on 75 million Americans and get rid of, sunset, eliminate, whatever you want to call it, Medicare and Social Security, that's a MAGA uh, position. And that includes the chairman of the Republican National Committee. That's a MAGA position. That is the chairman of the party. So that's what the president considers. But also, obviously, given two-thirds of the American people, according to a Fox News poll, uh, believe that women's, that Roe v. Wade should be protected, if you're on the other side of that, you're supporting an ultra-MAGA position in the president's view. So we'll let, we don't need to name-call individuals unless they have positions that are aligned with what he feels is the ultra-MAGA wing of the party. Booyah! Can you believe that? I love the way she handled it. But you know what? It's a, you know, let me tell you what was the best thing that, that she did there. They asked about Ultra MAGA to actually uh, put a pejorative on the president or the president's administration. But she used it instead to define what all the, all the evil steps that Republicans have been doing, one after the other, all the things that will be extreme to the American population, one after the other. That reporter, in as much as they were trying to, to be pejorative against the president, she used that, turned it around, and used it to create the entire narrative showing all what Republicans are doing to hurt the American people. I mean, it was like wonderful. So I'm like, oh, yeah, come on, ask her more about Ultra MAGA, because it looks like Ultra MAGA is going to pay off for the administration. Ultra MAGA is going to be the word. Ultra MAGA. Everybody remember that word. Ultra MAGA. Ultra MAGA. You know, I have another one. Let's see if I have time for it. Gasoline, right? Um, I'm, I'm going to do it this way. It's important for us. I, I started on this yesterday. If we keep lying to the American people that let them believe, including the media, letting them believe that President uh, Biden, or any president for that matter, has so much power in a capitalist society, in an oil industry driven by a capitalist society. 
hey, wait, Redden, this one you're going to like, right? In other words, with a capitalist society, the president does not have a lot of power. Why ask about gasoline in the way they ask about gasoline? I want you to listen to how Saki handled the gasoline issue, and then we'll take it on the other side. Because she also castigated the oil industry that needs said castigation. On gas prices, despite the steps that the president has taken, despite tapping the, the strategic oil reserve, prices have hit a new high at, at 4.37 a gallon. How long should Americans be prepared to pay this much at the pump? Well, I would say uh, you heard the president say today uh, and reiterate today that he is relentlessly focused on easing Putin's price hike at the pump. Um, and that means taking as many steps as he can to continue to lower costs for Americans. Now, the steps that he can take and he has taken, of course, include re uh, a historic release from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, uh, leading the world in their release to ensure there's more supply in the global markets to reduce the price of oil, which is exactly what it has done. He's also taken steps that are definitely smaller, but meant to do anything possible, including uh, uh, issuing a waiver for E15 so that thousands of uh, pumps in the Midwest could have have gasoline that uh, make it available to Americans so that it, that's 10 cents uh, less. Uh, but he also is noted, and we would note, and he noted this this morning, that oil companies should also do their part in ensuring they are not uh, price gouging customers at the pump. As oil prices come down, so should gas prices at the pump. And that's also something that we are going to continue to watch closely and continue to uh, call on steps to be taken. But given that the steps taken so far have been able to bring down prices, can Americans be confident that some of the steps that you're outlining now will be able to have an effect? Or are prices just going to stay this way? Is Putin's price like say until Putin's war is over. Well, we certainly won't accept that. Um, but what I think is important to note is the oil market is global. And what the president can do and will continue to do is ensure he's doing everything in his power to ensure that supply in the market meets the demand out there in the market. But the point is, when there is enough oil out there in the market, oil prices come down, as we've seen them come down, and gas prices should also come down. And that is something that Americans should be watching closely and, and be clear about where we're seeing price hikes come from. Absolutely so. Absolutely so. Folks, we are near the end of the program here. I want to ask you one more time to please remember, please remember to support Politics Done Right. The easy way to support us, you can find all, all the different ways to support Politics Done Right at, uh, let, let me go ahead and give you the link, politicsdoneright.com slash support, politicsdoneright.com slash support. Please be so kind to find whatever way, either getting our books, going to our store, going to uh, getting our cups, going, uh, going to Patreon, going to PayPal. We have all those options, and all of those are listed inside of politicsandright.com slash support. Even, even uh, Venmo, even Cash App, even, what's the other one again? Um, Zell, 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 whatever it's called, something like that. Uh, we, any support you can do to make sure we can continue to do this, please support the program. There is very important information. At Egberto Willis, I am not supporting until we get the RV and start traveling. Hey, hey, hey. I love you, Bridge. We, that, that comes in a year, year and a half before I do the GoFundMe to, to actually get that van because I really want to do I want to go to places where nobody expects to see. First of all, a politics done right. Nobody cares about them. Secondly, think about, think about this black dude that speaks Spanish going into 
Timbuktu, Wyoming, with a smile and with people apprehensive and not really know, wonder what is this guy doing here? And saying, hey, this is what we're all about, right? America. Bienvenidos a America. Think about that, man. I, 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 I think it will be sort of a, a thing. And that, that is one of my, um, that is one of my real um, hopes, right? Because let's say, yay, and old white gay women would be great, eh? I love old white gray women. And you're not old, Bridge. Come on now. You're not old. Anybody see your picture? No, you're not an old woman. You're, you're, you're a youngster, girlfriend. No, no, no. You are Sister MCP. I want somebody to send me something with Sister MCP. Please, please show some love to Sister MCP. Who's going to send me a little video with Sister MCP? Anyhow, uh, folks, I got to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right, and you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel. And number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. <laughs>